the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Got questions concerning elder or estate law? Attorney Mike Connors has the answer. He's been recognized as one of New York's top lawyers by New York Magazine and brings over 30 years experience to the table. Call him now at 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622 and Ask the Lawyer. Here's Mike Connors. We are gathered here on hallowed ground. Well, welcome to S Lawyer with me, Mike Connors, accompanied by my wife, Beth. Hello. Okay, now, for those of you who haven't been listening to the show before tonight, and if you haven't, you're welcome to joining us. Uh, this show is in two parts, not necessarily equal parts. The first part of the show, we talk about estate planning and elder law, and that's what I do, you know, Monday through Friday and a little bit Saturdays, too. We do estate planning and elder law at Connors and Sullivan. The idea behind estate planning is to pass assets from one generation to the next, paying the least amount in taxes we need to pay legally, avoiding going through court, avoiding probate, and as far as elder law is concerned, trying to save assets from nursing home bills. The second part of the show, we talk about nostalgia, history, politics, religion, sometimes film. We're, we're kind of going off the deep end tonight, I guess, to some <laughs> respect. We're doing something different. Now, Beth, you know, loves spook movies. Ah, so. Yes. We're we're going to spend some time on some, you know, in effect, two scary movies, two sets of scary movies. One, The Conjuring. We're going to be talking to Tony Spira, who's directed to The Warrens. If you've seen The Conjuring 1 and The Conjuring 2, The Warrens portrayed in those films are real people. And we're going to be talking to Tony Spira, their son-in-law, who has a lot of their artifacts and case histories. Then, we're going to be talking to... Bruce Campbell. And last night we just happened to watch Bubba Hotep starring Bruce Campbell and Ossie if Davis. If you haven't seen it, you've got to pick it up. I know we got, did we, we, I know we've got the old DVD or whatever they were years and years ago, but we just, we recorded it, right? So you can get it on a Dish. I know, yeah. I know we could that. And it's, it's entertaining, is it not? It's entertaining. Bruce Campbell's a very entertaining personality. And by the way, he's going to be in a book tour, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that later. But you can see Bruce Campbell Monday, August 14th. That's this Monday at Ridgewood, New Jersey at Bookends. We're going to go. You know, in in Bookends in Ridgewood, New Jersey. Tuesday, August 15th, he's going to be in Long Island at Book Review in Huntington Station. So you got two chances to see, you know, Bruce Campbell. Monday night in Ridgewood, New Jersey at Bookends. I think everybody in, in there knows where it is. And Tuesday, Long Island, book review in Huntington, New York. So, Confessions, book is called Further Confessions of a B-Movie Actor. So, we'll be interested in seeing those things. And by the way, if you haven't been to a book signing, it's very interesting because you get a chance to really talk to the author usually. and It's, it's a lot easier and a lot more open than you might think. Now, if you have any questions about estate planning and elder law, give us a call right now at 1-866-970-9622. So our first question is from Gloria in Manhattan. How are you doing today, Gloria? Hey, Mike. I'm well. How are you? So I had a quick question about my will. I had it done a few years back, and I am aware that the witnesses have since passed away. So I was wondering if it's important for me to have a new will drawn up for that purpose or whether or not the old will is okay. Okay, a lot of times that depends. Was Were the signatures of the witnesses notarized in an affidavit at the end of the will? Um, I believe so, but I'm not quite sure. Okay, well, that's what to check. Check to see if the signatures of the witnesses were notarized at the end. If so, you probably don't have to update your will unless there's another reason entirely. And, of course, take a look at the will, see if you have the right person as executor. 
because sometimes we have people did wills 20 years ago. They have brother, their brother or sister as executor. And that brother or sister was 50 years old 20 years ago. Now they're 75 years old or whatever, and maybe they're not up to the job. So that's the, you know, that's what we want to take a look at. Just the fact that the witnesses are gone is not a reason in and of itself to update a will. And in some cases, if you're talking about contested wills, if your will is done years ago, that's a help. It's harder to contest a will that was done years ago. And two, you can't cross-examine a witness that's dead. And that helps uphold the validity of the will because in today's world, a lot of people can litigate almost anything. All right, Beth. Yes. We have an email question. We do indeed. This is from Dave. Hello. I have a will with an attorney who also serves as my power of attorney. He's an elderly gentleman. If he predeceases me, what action do I need to take? I have no survivors. The beneficiary of my will will be charities. Okay, we need to get a younger person in there as a backup. It's as simple as that. You know, every good plan has a backup, you know, because no matter how young, old, uh, your executor, your power of attorney, the person in charge of your estate is, that person could pass away. You could have a 35-year-old, perfectly healthy person as your agent, your power of attorney, your trustee, your health care proxy, and something could happen to your power of attorney before you. And anything can happen in this world. So ordinarily, we want two people in place for any of the assignments that we're giving them, whether it's power of attorney, health care proxy, trustee under a trust. We always want a backup. Now, I know sometimes that's not as easy as it sounds because there's nobody else out there. So, you know, but that's something to talk over. But if, if the attorney is elderly, then it should hit you in the face that you should have a backup. So first, I would talk to that attorney. And the second thing is maybe you want to, you know, choose a younger attorney or an attorney where, you know, the office is going to be around for a while. Now, again, if you have any questions about estate planning, elder law, we're going to be doing these seminars in Queens this next week. By this next week, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, we're going to be in Maspeth, Queens on Tuesday at Connolly's Corner, Grand Avenue. On Wednesday, August 16th, we're going to be in Howard Beach, Lenny's Clam Bar. Friday, August 18th, we're going to be at the Adrian Bayside, the Adria Hotel on Northern Boulevard. We're going to do seminars each night or each day at 11 and 3. The only nighttime seminar next week is at Connolly's at 7 o'clock on Monday. So if you want to see us after work hours, the only chance you have next week at the seminars is going to be 7 o'clock on August 15th, Tuesday, August 15th, at Connolly's Corner on Grand Avenue in Maspeth, Queens. Okay, I guess we'll take a short break. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. We'll take the other question on the phone and then start talking to Bruce Campbell and Tony Spira. Hello, this is Father Frank Pavone of Priests for Life. The pro-life movement is winning. One of the signs of progress is the growing mountain of medical evidence that abortion harms women, men, and families. Even researchers who identify themselves as pro-choice are coming to this conclusion and publishing their research. Abortion advocates try to hide and bury this information. But so much of it continues to come out that their efforts to hide it will not succeed much longer. Abortion really destroys itself. The more it continues, the more it reveals itself as an enemy of the human family. Those who advocate abortion say they care about women's health. But if they do, then they will have no honest rationale for ignoring the harm that abortion does. As the mountain of medical evidence against abortion grows, so should our hope that it will end. This is Father Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life. For our Ask the Lawyer friends and listeners, you can attend any of Connors & Sullivan's free seminars on elder law, Medicaid, wills and estate planning, and more. Yes, it's all free and all close to you. So come to Connors & Sullivan's free seminars. On Tuesday, August 15th at Connolly's Corner, 71-17 Grand Avenue in Maspeth, Queens at 11 a.m., 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. at Lenny's Clam Bar, 161-03 Cross Bay Boulevard in Howard Beach, Queens on Wednesday, August 
August 16th at 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. and on Friday, August 18th at The Adria, 221-17 Northern Boulevard in Bayside, Queens at 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. Can't go to any Connors & Sullivan's free seminars? Then call Connors & Sullivan at 718-238-6500 for your own free office appointment. Make an educated decision on your estate and family legal solutions today. Just call Connors & Sullivan at 718-238-6500. That's Connors & Sullivan, 718-238-6500, or go to connorsandsullivan.com. Find out what you're entitled to. Come to a Connors & Sullivan free seminar. For more information, call 718-238-6500 or go to connorsandsullivan.com. Connors and Sullivan. Plan now for later. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Got a question for Mike? Call him at 866-970-9622. That's 866-970-9622. Okay, well, welcome back. We're on the air again, and we're talking about estate planning elder law, and we're going to have Tony Spiro talking about the Conjuring movies in a few minutes, and then Bruce Campbell talking about his career as a B-movie actor. In the meanwhile, let's take uh, an estate planning elder law question. Francis in Staten Island, yes, what's your question? Hey, Mike. Uh, quick question here. Uh, my husband and I, we have separate children from previous marriages and no mutual children. We have some mutual assets and some other individual assets that we'd like to leave specifically for our own kids. Is there any way to ensure that when we pass away, the, survi- the survivor of us doesn't take the separate assets and then gift them over to his kids? Yes, you put those assets in an irrevocable trust. You have respective children or different family members, one from each side of the family, to act as trustees, and you make sure that whatever assets in the trust go whatever percentage you work out or deal out with your husband. So, in other words, whether it's 50-50 or 60-40, 60% of the assets in the trust, let's say, are 50% each, have to go to the respective families, and then you have a trustee who f- comes from that family to protect the interest of his or her respective family. So it's not that hard. The only problem is the husband and wife at some point, whether it's through their will or otherwise, have to start giving up control you know, upon the first to pass away, they have to start giving up control and going to partnership with the children from the other marriage. So, you know, it's it's easy to do. It's not always hard, easy for somebody to accept, but yes, you can do it. Okay. All right. So we, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. All right. Well, Beth, uh, are you going to go to any seminars this next week? Well, if you need me, I'll be there. Well, I think you should go to the Adrian. August 18th, in any event. Do we have friends coming there? I think we might. <laughs> I think we might. Now, tonight... We see some awfully nice people when we right. go to the seminars. Tonight, I think we have on uh, Turner Classics Movies, we have the showing of the searchers. And there's some people in my office, if they don't bring up to me that they saw the showing of the searchers, at 10.30 tonight on Turner Classic Movies, they may get some demerits. You're a hard man. Yeah, I know. But some people want credit for, you know, being part of the Searchers Club or want to join the Searchers <laughs> Club. And if they do that, you uh, work for they got to work for it. <laughs> and speaking about the Searchers Club, we're going to have an announcement toward the end of the show about the John Wayne Cancer Institute. And, you know, the, the John Wayne Cancer Institute, they're good people. And they're going to be coming to New York in October. We're going to talk about that, you know, a little bit later. But right now, I guess we're going to we'll take a short break and we'll start talking to Tony Spear about The Conjuring 1 and 2. I think I just found myself believing that I didn't need God. I just had everything under control and church was actually a, a burden to me. I might have gone to church, you know, at Christmas time, gradually quit going. No, I didn't take my faith seriously, which, which probably means I, I never really got it to begin with. You can have a beautiful car, a big fancy home, if you don't have Christ in your life, there's an emptiness that's there. We are enslaved to power or to greed or to wealth or to lust, especially as a man. But there's a true freedom to not be enslaved, but to attach ourselves to God and to be free. Thank God I'm home. Now that I'm back in the Catholic Church, I'm a new person. I love it. There's peace in our home that we didn't have before. You're coming home to a Catholic family where people today just embrace you 
If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. If you're a homeowner age 62 or older and are finding it hard to pay off debt, or how about enjoying your retirement years with less stress? A government-insured reverse mortgage may be the answer or might be the perfect solution for you and your family. Hi, this is Frank Melia, a certified mortgage planner. I've been a mortgage specialist for over 20 years, and I've helped countless homeowners all over the tri-state area tap into a little or a lot of their home equity so they can use it right now. Whenever I sit down with a homeowner, the number one question asked is always, which reverse mortgage option is best for me and my family? I personally will help you decide which reverse mortgage program is best for you. My job is to help active retirees find the best solution for their retirement goals. I do this by educating homeowners with straightforward, objective information and answers. It's free to call and speak with me, Frank Melia, to determine if this FHA program might be able to help you and your loved ones now. Call 888-943-2646. Call and speak with me right now. I'll answer your questions and help you decide if a reverse mortgage is right for you and your family. Make the call now, 888-943-2646. Once again, call 888-943-2646, and you could be on your way to a stress-free retirement. Frank Melia, NMLS number 62591. All loans provided by Quantic Bank, NMLS number 403503. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Welcome to the Connors Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. You know, I usually don't go to see horror movies or whatever, but I, I have been following the Conjuring series, and I have seen number one and two. You know, when I was doing a little bit of research on it, I found out that Ed and Lorraine Warren, the protagonists in the films, were real people. Right now, we're very pleased to have on Tony Spera, who's their son-in-law. And, and how are you doing today, Tony? Good, very good. Thanks for having me on. Tell me something about you, your in-laws. Now, Ed, unfortunately, has passed away, but Lorraine is still alive? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's she's alive. She's 90 years old now. She uh, will be 91 in January of 2018. Uh, but Ed, of course, passed away in August of 2006. And uh, I've known them since, well, since I met their daughter back in 1979. So... I met Ed and Lorraine at a college lecture that they were doing in 1979, in October of 79. Okay, now I think some of the people are, you know, thinking this is pure fiction, these stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, people would think that if they have never been involved in it or never had anything happen to them. You know, people are, in general are skeptical of the occult, which, you know, in a way you can't blame them because if you haven't experienced it and you haven't seen it firsthand, you know, how are you going to just start believing it? In fact, it's actually better to be a skeptic when you are an investigator. Like Ed and I and Lorraine, you know, when we go into a house, and we used to go into a lot of them, when you go into a house, you can't automatically believe people. Uh, They could have a vivid imagination. They could be making up a story just to see if they can fool the experts. So it's it's one of those things that, you know, you have to to know what you're doing. Uh, But skeptical people are, you know, abound, and uh, it's going to be that way, but... Like Ed used to say to me, I never met a skeptic in a haunted house. In other words, if people have stuff start to happen to them, they quickly start to believe. So, you know, people can, if they believe in God, I I look at it this way, if they believe in uh, an almighty power, then they have to believe in the opposite end. There's plus and minus, there's good and bad and everything. So to believe in God but not believe in devils and demons is, is, is an incorrect, you know, thinking process as far as I'm concerned. Apparently, over the years, they collected a lot of artifacts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Ed started a museum uh, years and years ago. In fact, he started the New England Society for Psychic Research, NESPR. That's short for New England Society for Psychic Research. He started that in 1952 uh, because uh, he had so many cases. He and Lorraine were going on all these different cases, taking photographs, documenting things, typing on a typewriter, all these cases. And one day Ed had all these things strewn out on the floor, you know, pictures, documents, folders. And he looks up at Lorraine. They're both sitting on the couch. He looks up at Lorraine. He says, 
geez, we've got to do something. We've got to start organizing ourselves. You know, we've got to start a society or something. We've got too much going on, too many people asking for help. And that's what he did. He started the society in 52. But then he started to collect these objects that people, for instance, had in a haunted home. People would call him in and say, hey, Ed, you know, I, I got this item at a tag sale. And ever since I got it, like the day I got it, that night, stuff I started to see things out of the corner of my eye. And I started to hear strange sounds. And we were getting freaked out. You know, can you take this object? That's how it started. They would call them in for a haunting, but then they would explain why they think their house is haunted. They'd say, geez, this statue I got, it is, is, as soon as I got it, stuff started to happen. And they would say, well, for safekeeping, why don't we just take it out of here? And, you know, maybe that's part of it. And he would take the item, uh, especially Ouija boards. People would have Ouija boards in the house. They'd call him in on a case, he and Lorraine, and say, you know, we got a problem. Stuff's going on in our house. And one of the first questions that, as an investigator that you would ask is, well, have you ever played with a, uh, have you ever dabbled in occult practices? Have you ever played with a Ouija board or gone to a psychic reader? You would start to qualify the people. And so that's what Ed would do. And they'd say, oh, yeah, we have a Ouija board that, you know, my daughter played with. Boom, there's a key right there. So Ed would initially just say, hey, look, that Ouija board does not belong in the house. So Ed has, like, millions of Ouija boards in, in the museum, but he also has all these other artifacts, statues, uh, a doll, an Annabelle doll that was taken from a home of two nurses that had horrendous problems occurring to them. And, of course, that Annabelle doll is now the subject of a couple of movies, Annabelle and Annabelle Creation. Now, if anybody wanted to see the Annabelle doll, could they do that? Uh, well, uh, it's it's difficult at the moment because I was showing the doll to a lot of people who would come to the museum, and, and I was giving tours in the museum. But as all good things, they must come to an end. And for now, temporarily, they came to an end because the zoning board in the town said, hey, you know, you can't have guided tours in that museum because that's a residential property. It's not zoned for tours. So a neighbor complained because I drew some cars on the street. Neighbor complained and they, they shut us down. But it's temporary because I'm looking for a new location for the artifacts and of course for Annabelle. So for now, they can't really just come to the museum and I, they can't make an appointment to come. But that's going to change because I'm going to find another location that's in a commercial area. And then we'll we'll start the tours up again. So, so to just to make an appointment, they can't do it right now, but in the near future they could. But of course, the Annabelle event that I'm having on August 12th, they can see it because I'm going to take the whole case, the wooden glass case, to this banquet facility along with a couple other artifacts, the shadow doll and the conjuring mirror. I'm going to take it to the location at the banquet facility on August 12th. And we're having another uh, event on October 27th. I believe it's a Friday evening to show the dial to people who want to see it because so many people call me up, email me, wanting to see that dial in person. And the only way now that I could do it is to bring that dial, of course, secured in a case, uh, to that location, which is about a mile up the road at a restaurant, at a banquet hall, and show them the dial. They have dinner. I show them the doll, I show them videos, I show them those other artifacts, and uh, it makes a good evening. It makes a nice event. I unveil the doll at the end of the evening, <clears throat> and people can take photographs next to the case, you know, that kind of thing. They can stand next to it. So it's pretty interesting. They see the actual, real doll. Now, does the doll itself possess evil, or is it possessed by evil? Yeah. Uh, the doll is infested. I like to say it's infested with evil, with evil by evil, uh, by things that were done to it. In other words, someone, we don't know who, but someone knowledgeable infused that doll with evil uh, vibrations, with evilness. In other words, uh, what I like to say is if you go to a church and see a priest and you hand him an artifact like a cross or a medal and say, Father, please bless this for me, he's blessing that with goodness, with holiness, with, with godlike vibrations, with piousness, he's, he's protecting that with something good, infusing it with something good. But the opposite is done with a doll such as Annabelle or some other object where a sorcerer, 
someone who's very knowledgeable in black witchcraft, for instance, would do rituals and incantations around that object to infuse it with evil, evil intentions, evil vibrations. So that's what happens with objects that are haunted. They become haunted through normally through ritualistic practices, and that's what happened with Annabelle, and uh, so that's why she's evil. Let me ask you something. You've seen the movies, obviously. How close, and, and Hollywood always is going to take a little bit of liberty, but in yeah. your opinion, how close is the film? are the films to the truth? All right, The Conjuring 1 and The Conjuring 2 are quite close. In other words, we were consulted on Conjuring 1 and Conjuring 2. Uh, many, many uh, phone conversations with the writers, with the actors, with the producers, with the directors regarding... Uh, the proper methods of investigating what happened in the house. Those are all real. The only, I'd say the Conjuring one was 80% accurate. Most of the things that you see happening in the house were true, happened to the family, to the parent family. Where it got Hollywood was towards the end where you saw the, uh, you saw Carolyn Perrin uh, covered in a sheet and then levitating and spinning around. That didn't happen, but everything else did. Uh, everything else in that house, the knockings, the poundings, the pulling of the hair, uh, the witch, all that stuff was real. Conjuring 2, I'd say that was about 65 to 70% accurate. A lot of that stuff was true and then got a little crazy at the end. The nun in that Conjuring 2 movie was made up. That was a totally fabricated part of the story. So there was no nun involved in the Conjuring 2 in the Enfield case. The Annabelle one the movie was a, basically a fabrication. Uh, the writers never consulted us on it, and uh, the writers never consulted us on Annabelle creation. So those are both fabricated. Uh, the only thing real about those are the name Annabelle, and uh, that it was a gift. The doll was a gift from someone. But I still think the movies are good in that they do a couple things. I'm sorry, I'm talking about Annabelle and Annabelle creation. They do a couple things. They forewarn people of evil. They let people know that evil exists. That doll, that Annabelle doll, is a real doll. So when people research it, they'll see that the movie was based on an Annabelle doll, a doll called Annabelle. And it, it brings to the forefront that evil is real, that evil can cause havoc in someone's life and chaos. So so in that regard, and it's an entertaining movie, and people go to movies to be entertained, not not to be, like you say, not to be educated, but sometimes they're educated, but it's not the, that's not the motive of a Hollywood movie, to educate people on, on exact aspects of a movie. It's based on true events because it's an Annabelle doll. It's called Annabelle. So, But what it does is it does warn people of, of not to dabble in occult practices. And that's the whole key. Our message is don't dabble in the occult and you won't be bothered. Because people say to us, well, how come these people are bothered? Most of the times they invited it in. And it's unwittingly. They use a Ouija board. They think it's a game. But when they put their hands on that planchet and say, is there a spirit here? Is there a spirit in the room? I'd like to speak to a spirit. That's when they invite in the unknown, the, the, the intangible, the invisible into their life, unknowingly, unwittingly to them. They're not, they're not trying to hurt themselves. It's just something that happens because by invitation, they invited in an evil spirit. Are there beneficial spirits that work in this world? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, if there weren't, uh, this world would be in total chaos. Uh, remember this, that God is more powerful than any devil or demon. A devil, and all devils, all demons, Satan, have already are already defeated foe. God has already defeated them, but they can never be destroyed, and they could still cause havoc and harassment, chaos, division, cruelty, misery. In other words, they can influence people's thoughts. When you have a demonic entity influencing you and influencing your thoughts and your thought process can cause havoc in the world, like a lot of things that go around the world today, like all the murders and the suicides and things like that, and, and destruction, like the 9-11 attacks. I'm not saying it 
it, uh, it's absolutely a devil, but I would say that a devil influenced those minds of people. It gets into people's minds. It affects people. It, it attacks you on your weakest level. So if you have a propensity towards violence, it'll just exacerbate that and make it, it'll just feed off that and, and work on your thoughts to make you do things. So that is demons in our world. Or else we'd have total peace. We'd have total peace if it was just good spirits. Uh, but there are good spirits, angels, uh, spirit guides, guardian angels, that, saints, saints that try to help and try to protect us daily. So that's why prayer is important. When you pray to these specific spirits, like, like uh, saints, angels, and God, you're getting their attention. And they're going to try to help you. They'll, they'll listen to you. God does not not listen. God hears everyone who prays to them. But it's how much faith you have and how much in need you are and how the kind of God-like life that you live. If you live like a, a terrible person, you know, beating up old ladies, stealing their purses, but then you pray to God to, to do something good for you, I mean, you, you know, God, help people, God helps those who help themselves, in other words. So you have to be a good person and try, strive to be that for God to influence your life in a positive way. Now, do you guys have a, a website? We do. We do. It's www.warrens.net. That's plural. So it's W-A-R-R-E-N-S. www.warrens.net. And there's a lot of information on there, too, you know, to talk about some of the cases. It talks about Amityville. It talks about Annabelle. It gives the story of that. You know, and, and it has a few videos on there. So it's some video lesson plans that are on there that talk about uh, demonic spirits and talks about uh, earthbound spirits as well. So, yeah, there's it, a lot of information, so people can go there and find out more. What's an earthbound spirit? An earthbound spirit is a spirit that has passed away and has remained earthbound, a human that has passed away and remained earthbound for whatever reason. There's many, many reasons. So, in other words, if your grandfather passed away, but he wasn't through with the earthly plane, in other words, he had something to tell, like how he died or how he was murdered, or he was confused at death, died very quickly, like, say, in a head-on collision or, or a 9-11 attack where you're killed instantly. Uh, you may be confused, not even know you're dead for a time, um, or you just don't want to go. In other words, in life, you weren't very godlike. You never prayed. You never went to church. You never stepped a foot in a church. You never thought about God. You never prayed to God. All you did is amass earthly belongings, a beautiful house, a nice sports car, antiques. You want to stay there and just enjoy the things that you've enjoyed in life. You don't want to move on. You may be even shown the light, the, the tunnel and the light of God, to go towards, and you could refuse that. God gave you free will, remember. So you could refuse that light. You refuse the light because you're afraid. Maybe that's not really a good place. I wasn't a good person in life. You know, I beat up people. I stole from people, and, and I never even prayed to God. Why would I be offered that light? I'm not going there. So, And they stay earthbound for a time. They can stay earthbound for many, many years, centuries. They can stay earthbound. All right, so on your website, now August 12th might be too late for the listeners out there, but you're, you're going to have an event on October 27th, and if they check the website, they can get more information about it? Yeah, I haven't posted it yet because we still have the event on August 12th that's going to be held. People can still sign up for that, too, up until, up until the day of. Uh, but I will, right after the 12th of August, change that date on there, give them more information about the Halloween, uh, we call it a party, but it's also educational because we show them videos and the Annabelle doll, of course, and the shadow doll that's in the museum and the conjuring mirror. And I normally bring a fourth artifact, which is a surprise artifact that nobody knows what it is until I unveil it. So uh, October 27th, it's a full buffet dinner at a beautiful uh, Italian restaurant banquet facility, one of the best in Connecticut. And uh, we talk at length about the supernatural realm, about the, demonic realm and show the videos and unveil the objects also it's it's a, it's a nice night all right well tony thank you for sharing your time with 
us here on Connor's Corner. Say hello to your mother-in-law, and, and I guess your wife's been in some of those films, too, at least portrayed. Yeah, uh, Judy, yep. yep. Portrayed as Judy, uh, yep. She's been in uh, uh, Conjuring 1 and 2, and probably be in Conjuring 3, which is in the works right now. So uh, there is going to be a Conjuring 3, and it's going to be a very exciting film. Tony, well, if it's all right with you, maybe we'll talk again in October, close to the other date. That would be fabulous. I would really love to. I have children. How can I protect them if something happens Will my to assets be lost if I go into a nursing home? We have property. How will it affect the ones still here? Who will help us take care of Grandma? These questions can be answered by calling 718-238-6500 for a free consultation from Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, providing dedicated, caring, and highly responsive legal services. They're focused on issues that matter to you, protection of your family, preservation of your assets, and respect of your wishes with dignity. That's all I want from a lawyer, making it easier for my children. Call 718-238-6500. Get a free consultation. Connors & Sullivan's clients don't get lost in the cracks. They have dedicated attorneys who know their clients and the issues that matter most to them. Connors and Sullivan's estate planning, elder law, and probate attorneys work closely with every client. Don't leave behind problems for your family. Call 718-238-6500 and get a free consultation today. Connors and Sullivan, plan now for later. We all know someone who's been touched by cancer. It's the second leading cause of death. And it took the life of my father, John Wayne. But even in his final days, he was thinking about helping others and publicly campaigning to raise awareness about cancer. His courage and grit inspired our family to do everything we could to fight the big C, as my dad called it. So we did something about it and founded the John Wayne Cancer Institute 35 years ago to advance life-saving research. Our discoveries are fundamentally changing the way cancer is treated around the world. Cures are within our reach, but we can't do it alone. I'm Patrick Wayne, and I'd be honored if you joined us in the fight against cancer. You can make a lasting legacy by helping to eradicate this deadly disease. Together, we can save lives. To learn more, visit jwcigiving.org. That's jwcigiving.org. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Okay, well, welcome back. We're going to be live again for another minute. Then we're going to be talking to Bruce Campbell about his new books, you know, Confessions of a B-Movie Actor. And, of course, he's going to be in uh, bookends in River Edge, New Jersey, on Monday, August 14th at 6 o'clock. And he's going to be in in Huntington at, what's the name of the place now? Book Review in Huntington, New York, 7 o'clock on Tuesday, August 15th. Now, earlier we said we had an announcement about the John Wayne Cancer Institute. And, of course, you just heard the commercial with Patrick Wayne talking about the Wayne's family commitment to battling cancer. And Patrick Wayne's going to be getting an award, I think, this October, October 10th, um, in his fight against cancer. And, of course, earlier this year he was inducted into the Western Cowboy Hall of Fame. But... Patrick is going to be coming into Bay Ridge, Brooklyn on October 9th. And we're going to do something for him at the Bay Ridge Manor. We're going to have a party. Right. And we're going to raise some money for the John Wayne Cancer Institute. Right. And it's not going to be an expensive fundraiser. We're just going to be doing some of the small stuff. And, you know, give what you can give. And we're going to have more on that later. I guess it'll start around 6.30, 6 o'clock, 6.30. I'm not sure of the time. I'm not sure when Patrick's plane gets in or is supposed to get in. It's at the Bay Ridge Manor, very fine place in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, at 76th Street and 5th Avenue, just off 5th Avenue, very close to our, you know, Brooklyn office. So we'll walk over from the office and go over there. And if you want to come in a little bit earlier and you want to see the military miniature selection at my 5th Avenue office, please do. You're more than welcome to do it. Every once in a while, our producer, Chris Cordani, gets some pictures on there of the some of the military miniatures. Sometimes he confuses those that are in our house with those that are in the office. <laughs> That's but okay. That's they look okay. a lot alike, you know. But, but, no, but that, I mean, if I know we talk about John Wayne because, so much because he was just extraordinary. Um, but Patrick Wayne, in his own right, has had, had a wonderful career. If you put together, Mike... 
help name some of the movies. Well, like one of the ones we talked about, I think the last time it was on the show was Mr. Roberts. Right. And that had a great cast. And I had forgotten one time one of these, you know, cancer um, fundraising dinners or whatever to fight cancer. We were talking to Patrick Wayne, and somehow it came up about the Thin Man and William Powell. And Patrick Wayne said, you know, I did a film with William Powell. And I thought for a second, yeah, Mr. Roberts. I had completely forgotten about that. And, you know, Mr. Roberts had a great cast. had William Powell, Henry Fonda, um, James Cagney, Ward Bond, and a lot of up-and-coming actors like Nick, Nick Adams and Ken Curtis and guys that you knew about years later. But he reminisced about that film and some of the crazy things that happened there with John Ford. And, of course, Jack Lemmon. I forgot Jack Lemmon was in, uh, or just right. forgot to That's mention right. that Jack Lemmon was in Mr. Roberts. So he talked about his experiences on that film. And, you know, he Big Jake, The Searchers, Cheyenne Autumn. Last film, I think, that Joel McRae did, Mustang Country. Patrick Wayne was in a lot of films. And, of course, don't forget Sinbad and Absolutely. the Sin, Sinbad On movie. And the, 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 the What is it, The World of Time Forgot or something <laughs> like that. I love those movies. Yeah, yeah, he was in those. But, so, I mean, he's going to be there, and you can have your picture taken with him. It'll be a great time. October 9th, Bay Ridge Manor, 76th Street and 5th Avenue. Uh, some other details we'll announce later in the uh, season. But, Mark, as they you know say when you get those mailings, save the date, October 9th. Bay Ridge Manor, 76th Street, or 5th Avenue in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. Okay, let's listen to an interview we did with Bruce Campbell. Welcome to the Connors Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. Listen, I love going to bookstores, and if I were in New Jersey, in Ridgewood, New Jersey, on Monday, August 14th, I'd be bookends. Why? Because the great actor, television personality, Bruce Campbell, is going to be there. And we're fortunate enough to have him on our show. How are you doing today, sir? Good. Bada boom. Ridgewood, start the show. They're, they're the first... Uh guinea pig of the tour first stop and you're going to be in person signing books i will be i will this i i i made a deal i agreed to not send my doppelganger it'll actually be me i will be signing and ridgewood the trick is you know it's nice there ridgewood goes hey man thanks for not making me go back to manhattan it does well on august 15th you're going to be at at huntington at book review at seven o'clock exactly i'm making a sweep of the east coast what is your book about about 300, no, it's a, it's a continuation. Uh, about 15 years ago, I put out If Chins Could Kill, Confessions of a B-Movie Actor, because I felt that the world needed to know like, what the second-class citizens of Hollywood were like and what we did. And so this is 15 years of more ridiculous stories, so it's the continued confessions, the further confessions of a B-Movie Actor, because there's a lot of confessions in the B-Movie world. So it's just a, it's a lot more lunacy. Picks up where the other one left off, and uh, fills us fills us in on the the other side of Hollywood. Now, when you say you're a B movie actor, what does that mean? It means that you do a lot of genre stuff for the most part. You know, I don't do rom coms really. Uh, I did a bunch of TV stuff back in the day, which is pretty pretty mainstream. Like Burn Notice was pretty mainstream a show that I did, but even that's kind of a B movie concept. Spies running around blowing stuff up. So it's a lot of that. Carnage, mayhem, sci-fi, fantasy, horror. Not that much mainstream. You had a hit TV series on stars. I mean, that doesn't make that yeah, doesn't get to the end. We just we just finished our uh, third season, but even that, that's what you would call kind of cult TV. Because technically that's based on the old Evil Dead movies. So it's kind of an unrated TV show. So it's even that's not really mainstream. We just finished our third season for stars. Some people in the audience may not put the name with the face right away. Tell them about the Evil Dead series. Evil Dead series, we made one in three different decades. The first one we filmed in 1979. It's a gritty horror movie. Five kids go to a cabin. They find an ancient book. They read from it thinking it's cool. They unleash sort of these ancient demons, and one by one they get possessed. So it's old-fashioned, cheesy, over-the-top monster movie. The 80s, we did a sequel, Evil Dead 2. 90s, we sort of killed the franchise with uh, Army of Darkness, which is sort of a favorite of a, of a lot of them. It's very mainstream. It's sort of like an adventure movie, like Jason and the Argonauts. And then we decided to turn it into a TV show 24 years later. So, you know, what the heck? So the character has endurance. 
I think so. He's uh, it, the, the lead guy is Ash, who fights these demons. They're not sort of shuffling zombies. It's not really that sort of deal. These demons are tricky, and they talk, and they can, they're very clever and very deadly. And so, But our lead guy is Ash. He's just a regular guy. So hopefully people can relate to that. He's, he doesn't have any military skills. He's not FBI or CIA. So that's what I kind of like, too. This guy's he's no different than your neighbor. Reading through your book, I, I just got it today, so I just glanced at it a little bit. But part of it, you talk about a trip that you have to Iraq. Yeah, we got a weird opportunity uh, making this TV show Burn Notice. We, we wound up meeting a bunch of military personnel as they'd stop by because I guess it was sort of it was popular with the troops. And we thought, you know, myself and the lead guy, Jeffrey Donovan, we thought, well, we're too old to fight, but maybe we can go over there and sign some stuff. And we just tossed it out. We didn't really know if they were going to take it seriously or not. And the Department of Defense got back and said, okay, let's go, let's do it. And we were like, holy crap, we, we get, like, orders and everything. And so we went over there uh, in 09 to see the troops, and it was a you know, amazing experience. And then again, another chapter I saw you talking about making a film in Bulgaria. Why would you make a film in Bulgaria? Yeah, you, you tell me, brother. <laughs> um, you know, i tell you why. Because the average Bulgarian at the time I was there, which is like 2005, average Bulgarian made $110 a month. So I think the Sci-Fi Channel just basically put up a shingle there and was like, we're making all of our movies in Bulgaria. It was just you, you couldn't fight the economics of it. Was it the perfect place to shoot? No. But, you know, you go where the going's good. I go where the work is. The work was in Sofia, Bulgaria. So here we go. Now, I know you make some negative comments about Hollywood. Why? Why? Um, I think they could be a lot more efficient. I think they waste a lot of money, an incredible amount. If you take a $300 million movie, I'll give you, I'll give you $301 million movies rather than one $300 million movie. Their economics, I think, are a little screwed up. They got, there's no middle class anymore. Movies are now like 500000 or $300 million. So, I don't know, it's a little out of whack. I'd like to see more of the independent stuff come back, a little more of a thriving middle class where you make a movie for like $10 million. But every movie now has to have eight movie stars because it's so expensive. So, I don't know, it's interesting. I I'm happy doing my thing. Your first film, how much money went into that? Uh, it started as a $150,000 investment. We went over budget to about 350000 So that was the cost of the very first Evil Dead. Fortunately, uh, you know, 30-some-odd years later, all of our investors are they're very happy. What's next on the – what's your next project? Well, let's see. Yeah, go to 35 cities with this book and uh, share the Looney Tunes, and then uh, we're going to see about season four for stars. We're waiting for them to, uh, to throw down, make a decision. And otherwise, get back on the hamster wheel and keep working. That's what I do. If you were advising a young person, would you tell them to get involved in acting and movie producing? Well, it's certainly a vocation that I don't find is boring. I got into it so I didn't have to sit in a cubicle or, you know, wear a tie. And uh, it takes you around the world. It can, a lot of highs and lows. It's not great for family. I'm not sure if acting is good for you or bad for you yet. Uh, you can get hurt acting. I've gotten hurt multiple times. But uh, it can be a cool job, but not not for the faint of heart. It's like, you know, you guys are in showbiz. You got a thin skin. This this probably ain't the business for you. All right. I got to ask you one more question because my wife is here. One of her favorite <laughs> films was Bubba Hotep. Can you tell the audience oh, about nice. that one? She's got class. She's got taste. That came across my desk. It was one of the weirdest scripts I ever read. But there was a weird, um, nice feeling about it of what happens with old people like you know about forgetting people who age it has strange undertone almost melancholy and so i thought that was the theme of the uh, oh yeah and they fight a mummy you know so i thought it was a great relationship between an old elvis and a guy who thinks he's jfk the great ozzy davis and they they defeat a mummy and save a rest home they're like two old heroes so I thought it was really a fun story by Joe Lansdale. And Don Coscarelli, he's the guy who did the Phantasm movies. So he's the perfect combo. You know, it, it, that one just worked out. Your TV work, uh, some TV series, I mean, they, weren't, they, they may have been short-lived, but again, a lot of people liked them. Yeah, Burn Notice ran for seven seasons. So I had, I had one hit TV show that I was on 
and then I've guest starred in a bunch of stuff. You know, you make the TV rounds and sort of in the 90s I did all the uh, Lois and Clarks and you know, I shuffled Homicide and yeah, I made the round. August 14th, you're going to be there. You're going to autograph those books, right? I'm going to be there. We're going to people are going to get some signed books. Uh if it's uh if the masses are too great, well, I'll pre-sign some stuff, but we want, want to make sure that people get their money's worth and um so come on, you know, bring the kids. We're going to try and make it a rational experience. It's always important, call the bookstore. Call them ahead of time. Go, dude, what are the rules? And they'll tell you what's going on. Sometimes you can bring a book from somewhere else. Sometimes they actually want you to buy right there. So if you really want to go and see me in person, it's probably best to buy at that store. They'll be the happiest with you. And they'll be the nicest to you if you do that. Right. Sometimes they don't even let you in if you don't buy from that store. Absolutely. Because, you know, unfortunately, though, this is the modern world. People bring receipts in from stuff. You always want them to pre-order, right? Good news, they pre-ordered your book. Bad news is they go to the event and you can't sign it. So it's a little tricky. That's why I call the store so nobody gets all set off. August 14th, Edgewood, New Jersey. August 15th, uh, Huntington, New York. Hail to the chin. Further confessions of a B-movie actor, <laughs> Bruce Campbell. Thank you for being on our show. Hey, thanks for your time, guys. I appreciate that. I'll see you for the next sequel in 15 years from now. Okay. The final confession. Well, I'll see you uh, Monday, the 14th. Great. Okay, again, Beth of Bubba Hotep. See, he thinks it's great, too. Yeah, well, what else is he going to say? <laughs> He thinks he's Elvis. Ozzy Davis thinks he's JFK. Oh, my goodness. And they, I don't know, I don't want to be a spoiler. You've got to see the movie. What happens in the end? Part of it's quite poignant. Okay, now that's Ridgewood, New Jersey, Monday, August 14th, 6 o'clock. Monday, August 14th, Ridgewood, New Jersey, bookends. On the main street there. I think it's pretty hard to miss. It's a, it's a lovely town. I mean, if you if you have a chance to get over there, have a good time. Have okay. a good time. Now, you know, we had a little bit of sadness today because uh, uh, we heard one of our clients passed away who had no family, uh, Morris Kravitz. And Morris was a World War II veteran. He's been on the show. He was a World War II veteran, Purple Heart winner. And he passed away this morning at one thirty. And it, it, he's 99 years old, so that part of it really wasn't that sad. But, you know, it's sad to see a life end. He's, he's one of the last parts of that. Generation. Send, send your prayers for him. Okay, so David Kincaid is sending us off. Bye bye. We are gathered here on hallowed ground, the voices raised, heads bowed down. We're gathered here on hallowed ground to sing this soul away. We are gathered here on hallowed ground, the voices raised, heads bowed down. We're gathered here on hallowed ground to sing this soul away. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.